Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, June 16th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my good pal here, Cole Shelton, to recap uh, UFC on ESPN 10. The title kept changing for that card, by the way, Cole. Like, it changed like 10 times. But uh, the, I- the Ivers Calvillo card, we'll recap that card. And, of course, we'll be breaking down this weekend's card, UFC on ESPN 11, Blaze vs. Volkov, which honestly is such a good card. Like, when I was breaking it down yesterday, Cole, like, for in preparation for today's show, man, I was like, this card is so underrated. Like, there's so many good fights on this card, so it should be good. And we got a bunch of news to talk about. And of course, as always, take anyone's questions. Cole, I just want to ask how you're doing, man, before we jump into today's show. Yeah, I'm doing well. How about you? You know, can't complain too much. Like, I started golfing again. You know, um, it's nice out, right? We can actually, there's actually uh, courses and ranges open now, so it's not bad, Cole, you know, but I'm ready to, to like start going back to like, normal life, you know, but who knows what the future holds, man. It's like every day is I wake up and I just hope for like good news about, you know, COVID and stuff, but it's just the same. It's, it's crazy, man. So hopefully in a few months, everything clears up, but uh, you know, we really are like lucky as MMA fans and, you know, it's, it is easy to complain. Honestly, with the, the criticism of that card uh, on last Saturday, it was fair especially going into it, like on paper, the card wasn't like a UFC standard card, like standard caliber card. Having said that, Cole, we are so lucky we get to watch fights. Like I watch, you know, baseball. I'm, imagine you're just a baseball fan, I'm, you know, paying attention to what they're doing. They're not probably going to play this year. So it's just brutal. At least we have something to, to watch. And honestly, the card was pretty good. So we're going to recap this card first, UFC on ESPN 10, Calvillo versus I. And I'll start with the main event, Cole, and we'll work our way down the card. And then, of course, we'll break down UFC, Blades, Volkov. I just want people to jump into the chat before we – uh Break down the card. So let's talk about Ian Calvio Cole. Main event of the evening. Uh, oh, I should say picks. You had a great nine picks, Cole. I got to give it up to you, man. Nine and one, I believe. And eight, eight and two. I had the main event and the first fight wrong. That's right. The main event, yes. Um, I went seven and three, so it was okay. But it, yeah, the standings are tight. If you guys check at mealsbreaker.com, you can see how tight the standings are. Like everyone, like Cole was in the bottom, but he jumped, you know, a couple spots up now. So it changes every week, Cole. Um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I win, but you know, you could definitely win too. All right, let's talk about this card. Uh, main event: Cynthia Calvillo defeats Jessica I. Unanimous decision. Scores of 49-46, 48-47. I scored it. Uh, I think I had 49-46 as well. I, I can't remember if it was the first or second round, but I had one of the first couple rounds. But yeah, Cole. I mean, I did pretty Calvillo would win here. She almost got the submission a couple times. She had a dominant ground game in this fight. She's just a good fighter, man. Really, like that's what it comes down to. She's a better mixed martial artist. That's exactly what I said, Cole, and I stand by it. Jessica I is just extremely one dimensional. She's good at basically uh, outpointing people that can only outpoint you. Like fighters like you know Chukagian, she beat her. That's a big win for her on her resume, but it really wasn't that impressive of a performance. That's really what put her in this number one spot in this division. Uh, the fact that Calvillo came in here and steamrolled the number one contender speaks volumes to how weak this division is, Cole. It is probably the weakest division outside of uh, women's 145, which is non-existent at this point. This division's weak. I mean, there's a lot of people arguing that they should just fold it, but I don't think they will, obviously. Valentina's the champ. They love Valentina. This is like her division. They basically created it for her. But the rest of this division, I mean, I just can't take these contenders seriously. I will say this, Calvillo, I, I am impressed. I've always been impressed by her, Cole. She has one loss in her career to Esparza in a close fight. That's it. She's a really good fighter. I liked her at this weight class. She looks strong. Cardio was great. I do think she could get a title shot. I don't know if she'll win that fight, but it is nice to at least have a fresh contender in this weight class. Give me your thoughts on her performance, Cole. And even I, I mean, what do you do with her now? Yeah, I just thought Jessica, she has good takedown defense. I thought she'd be a lot stronger than Calvillo, where I didn't, I didn't think Calvillo would just be able to Take, I thought Covey would be able to take her down, but I didn't think she'd be able to hold her down. 
I thought I was going to be stronger. I thought she had to just kind of force her way up, which obviously didn't happen at all. Jessica, I, I thought if she kept on the feet, she'd win the fight, but she just couldn't keep it on the feet. That's a big question. Of what do you do with Jessica? She's missed weight twice in a row. Maybe the UFC says, hey, you got to go up to bandweight. And we saw what happens at bandweight. She just wasn't that good bandweight. She was too undersized. She's kind of that tweener where she's a bit too big for flyweight, a bit too small for bandweight. And against the top bandweight, like she almost got cut before they made the flyweight division. As for Calvillo, I don't think she's going to get a title shot. I think she needs one more. Maybe you fight someone like Chukagian who was tweeting that she wants that fight. Maybe you fight like the winner of Lauren Murphy, Mata Ferry this weekend. Like, I don't think Calvillo should get after just one win over. I think she just needs one more. But she could be a force at Flowery other than against Shevchenko because I know how good Shevchenko is. Yeah, Shevchenko's great. Okay, so I, I want to talk about a few things you said there. I'll talk about I quickly. She's missed weight twice, like you said. <clears throat> The fight against uh, Arujo, she missed by five pounds, I think. This fight was 0.25 pounds, but apparently she was holding onto the towel, um, according to Cynthia Calvillo, which is obviously controversial. She did end up making the weight. Cool. She lost, like, I think uh, it was 25% of her purse for missing the weight. So it was costly, uh, only 0.25 pounds. But yeah, I mean, two fights in a row. She just, she's too big for this weight class. She has to move up to band weight again because she can't, she can't make the weight. Why is she fighting 125? She can't make the weight. I don't, I don't know if they'll give her another chance. They might. That'd be, that'd be really kind of them to do that. If she goes to Bantamweight again, I just don't see it going well for her. As far as Calvillo goes, man, I just disagree. Like, Cole, like, this division's really weak. Uh, she just beat the number one contender, though. So, like, why should she have to fight Chukagin, who's ranked number two? Calvillo has wins over one and three. She also has a win over Joanne Calderwood from a couple years ago. It was a dominant win. So she has wins over one and three in this division. JoJo apparently is going to fight uh, Shevchenko. Dana White said they don't have the date yet but i'm guessing like in september cole maybe i'm thinking it's probably gonna be the co-main event on the uh, habib card with gagey that that makes sense to me they they kind of like that pairing i think uh habib and shevchenko but um yeah man i just think that she can get the tell shot off this because she just beat one and she's already beaten three so why should she fight chukagan why should chukagan get that opportunity like i know she beat antonina and she looked good in that fight but here's the thing just say chukagan does outpoint calvio which she could easily do if they fight then you lose Calvillo as a contender. Why would you want to do that? If you're the UFC, you're desperate for contenders. And you mentioned Modafferi and Murphy. Yeah, the winner of that fight, I think, should probably be up there in the rankings. But they're fighting – they're the second lowest fight on the card this weekend. So, like, that – the UFC clearly doesn't care about that fight. Because why else wouldn't they put in the main card? Well, if it was going to be for a title shot or a number one contender spot. So, to me, like, that's not the question, too. I think Joanne gets that next fight. They might give Calvillo another fight. She said she wants to stay active. If she wants to stay active and fight again, that's fine. I just think she could actually fight for the title right now. I'm not saying she'd win, but it's just like Dana said, it's exactly like Gilbert Burns. When you be the number contender, you should get a title shot probably. And especially when she did it in convincing fashion, Cole. Like the fight wasn't close, Cole. She won almost every round. All right. So move on to the next fight here. Marvin Tori beats Carl Roberson. Uh, first round finish via rear naked choke. Wins performance of the night as well. So he had a nice night. 148,000 Cole with the bonuses. So a nice night for Marvin Tori. I think he deserves a top 15 guy, man. I mean, no doubt about it. Like, arguably top 10. You look at the rankings, Cole, uh, I believe Jocko's 15. Why not give him Jocko? I don't know if Jocko has a matchup. I think he does have a fight coming up, actually. He has a fight coming up, Cole? Um, no, he just fought recently. That's right. So he beat Anders, right? Okay, so, yeah, why not do that fight? Because, honestly, Vittori needs to fight a ranked opponent at this point. The guy's really good. Yeah, I think Jocko, like someone like Brad Tavares makes sense because he's kind yeah. of on that skin. Maybe see yeah. if Vittori can pass Brad Tavares. I think he should get ranked guy. He should get someone like I think Brad Tavares is probably the ceiling where Vittori should get right now at twelve. Yeah. I think anyone fifteen to twelve, like 
Ian Heinish, uh, Omar Yakmatov. I know they already fought to a draw, so maybe you do that fight again, which makes sense. But it, Vittori definitely needs a ranked opponent next after that win. No doubt about it. By the way, just uh, the rankings, man, they're just so bad sometimes. Like, why is Brad Tavares number 12? When was his last win? The guy barely fights anymore. He's he's a guy that I respect a lot, Brad. He's a grinder. He's been around the UFC for 10 years. But, like, why is he ranked number 12? He does have a win over Jocko, I guess. That's what's keeping him up in the rankings. But, like, that's his best win. And that's over 15. So, like, really, to me, a guy like Heinish probably should be above Brad Tavares at this point. Um, and, honestly, if Vittori fights Tavares, I would pick Vittori for sure. Like, not even – I think everyone would. So, to me, like, that's just <laughs> – further proof the rankings suck. All right, uh, next up, this is an underdog that you pick, Cole. Charles Rosa. Oh, by the way, sorry, Carl Roberson, five-pound weight miss. Does he move up in weight? I think you have to. If you miss yeah. by that much, I think. And it, it, it's really a second miss because the reason they never fought in Jacksonville is because Roberson mm. got hospitalized during his weight cut, which probably means he was going to miss weight. So yeah, I think you have to ask to force him to go up. I like Carl. Like he's, you know, decent. He's got some potential. Like and he's got athleticism. Like that move he did off the Superman leap off the cage to get on the guillotine. That was sick. I don't know if I've ever seen that. It was great, but he still lost by submission again. Well, three submission losses in the UFC. So this guy's ground game is just not good enough, I don't think. But uh yeah, I mean 205, I don't think he's gonna do well, too well there, man. He might be one of those guys who's just like not really UFC caliber, you know? Like uh, cause you just can't make the, he can't make the upper weight class and he can't or the lower weight class and the upper one he's have problems with all right uh charles rosa defeats kevin aguilar via split decision and andre Feely defeats charles jordan via split decision so two split decisions on the main card here call uh who do you think won these two fights uh between rosa aguilar and Feely jordan i thought rosa and Feely won but i thought Feely was more convincing i don't think it should have been a split i thought oh, won man. the first two rounds i don't get how people are saying Feely won that first round he got knocked down mm. i know there was a takedown but the round was super close, and to me, like a knockdown is worth a lot more than a takedown. Where he didn't do that much. Like, sure, he was landing ground bound, but he wasn't as close to finishing the fight as Jordan was when he knocked Feely down. The Rosa Aguilar fight, it was super close. I wouldn't have been surprised if it went to Aguilar. It just, I think that's the end of the road for Aguilar. I thought that was kind of a loser goes home matchup where Rosa's just not an active guy. He was coming off that beat down. Aguilar, I don't really know what happened to him. I had a lot of, I was looking. I thought he would be a lot better after his contender series win. He just hasn't shown it in the UFC. I, again, I think he's probably getting caught after this one. This card really just seemed like a lot of fights where yeah. the UFC is going to release a bunch of fighters after this. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I said that uh, during the fight night. Uh, the thing about Rosa is, like, uh, he has eight fights. He's 4-4 four and four now. He has four performance and nine fight and night bonuses. They won't cut this guy because he's an exciting guy. Having said that, this fight was pretty bad. Like, this was not fun to watch. Terrible fight, honestly. Uh, Aguilar is not UFC caliber. I hate to say like this guy should be cut and stuff right now because honestly, the UFC is the only show going on, so these guys need the, their money and they need their job. But it's a sport too, right? And it's a high level sport. You can't just have anyone fighting in the UFC. So to me, Kevin Aguilar, he's been really disappointing, man. He's two and three on the UFC. He might get one more fight call if he has another fight in his deal. They might just let him fight it out. But I mean, I didn't see. I didn't like what I saw from him in this fight. He looked really. Uh, he just looked, didn't look good, man. He looked out of shape. I don't know why he took the fight. He didn't look like he was in shape, honestly. So losing a split decision here. And as far as the other fight goes, <laughs> well, I, I would have looked like an absolute genius had another judge given one extra round to Jordan. I would have looked like a genius, guys. But yeah, I thought Feely won the fight. I mean, I try to watch fights on bias as much as I can. I thought Feely won round two and three. Having said that, anyone who scored the first round for Feely, are you kidding me? He got knocked down. He got dropped. He got hurt. I, 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 cool. I was like, yes, Jordan. <laughs> 
I'm going to look like a genius. And of course he loses a splitter, but it is what it is. You know, I don't really regret that pick too much. Underdogs do win. And uh, once in a while, who knows another set of judges, he could have got the nod somehow. Cause you know, some people did think he outstruck Feely the first two rounds. I think that was the argument. I, you know, I saw some people I really respect like Gorbaka uh, Hitman on Twitter. And I know that the guys at Severe may also scored a few other media members scored the fight actually for Judy and Cole, but I, I thought Feely won. It was, it was just the takedowns that was the yeah, it was, you know, well, he had a good game plan. I mean, you got to give credit to his coaching staff there. Uh, Danny Castillo, that's the old, uh, you know, take take a guy down late at the round. Uh, you know, hey, Danny Castillo almost won that fight at 21st a few years ago with the same game plan. So these guys know what they're doing. Adrian Kapoor, what's going on? Vittoria is the Al, uh, versus Allen Heinish winner, similar timelines. You could do that fight, sure. But uh, to me, like, I would keep those guys on se- separate trajectories and match them up with guys like Tavares who are on the downside. Like, you got to get guys like Vittoria and Allen into the rankings and get guys like Tavares out of it. Like, what's Tavares doing right now? Like, he's just a gatekeeper at this point. Like, I respect the guy, but he shouldn't be a ranked fighter at this point. Kapoor, Ketter, Ige, Banger. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, they also had a fight last night. Great fight. Um, just the rest of the main card here, Cole. We'll go down the rest of the card quick, actually. Jordan Espinosa defeats Mark De La Rosa. Uh, unanimous decision. Mark De La Rosa, there's no way he's going to fight in the UFC again, right? Like, there's just yeah, I think he's cut after this one. He's yeah. still only 25 or 20, but the age yeah. of I'm like, I damn you, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's 25. Oh, this guy was like 30. He's still so young where he can get a couple wins, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in the UFC in like two or three years. Yeah, he's been fighting since he was a teenager. Um, he's two and five now in the UFC. He's getting caught, man. He's lost four in a row. I can't see him giving another fight. Didn't look competitive in this fight. Or Espinosa actually looked okay. Maria Agapova, though, this is the member of the other. Uh, I think it was on Friday. I don't know if you were on the you weren't on the show with you, Cole, but I said Agapova minus one sixty. Oh my god, you guys got to jump on that. Like, and the you know, line ended up closing at like minus three fifty. People obviously caught wind of that. I mean, why were why was Cypher such a close uh, opening number with uh, Agapova? This fight was such a mismatch. The size difference, man. Size difference is very evident. Agapova's a beast, Cole. She looked great in this fight. I'm very excited to see what's next for this girl. She's won three straight fights now. She has the one loss to Cortez on Contender Series. Uh, Cortez has gotten back in there, too. The UFC really likes her. But, yeah, as far as Agapova goes, I mean, she's definitely a good prospect. Uh, I think that Dana White said he wants to keep her active, so top 15 opponent maybe, just looking at the rankings. Again, just, you know, the rankings aren't tell, um, they're not everything, but there's something to definitely take a look at. Like, there's, you know, fighters in the bottom half of that, of that uh, top 15 call that she could fight, you know, like Molly McCann or Jean Young Kim, even like someone like Alexis Davis at this point is like a gatekeeper. So I think any of those fights kind of make sense for her. Um, you know, it's, it's a step up, but I, man, she looked great. Like Cole, I know Cypher's, by the way, Cypher's two and four now, I think, or yeah, she, she could get caught too as well from the UFC. Um, let's just go through the rest of the card really fast. Cole, I'll run into the preview. Mirab DeValish really defeats Gustavo Lopez. Unanimous decision. Duavia, Tyson Nam, and Christian Aguilera all pick up really fast first round knockouts. Any thoughts on the early prelims, Cole? Yeah, Tyson Nam. Like, yes. That was a really sweet knockout. And that Zurichai guy was supposed to be some really good kickboxer. His starting defense was terrible. He's, oh, three, he's three and two in MA right now. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the UFC just said, you know what, like come back to the UFC in a little while. You need more experience. Like he could just be one and done. He did not look good in the 30 some 30 odd seconds that fight lasted. He just kept his hands down the entire fight and Nam has knocked power and he made him pay for it. Yeah, any any uh thoughts on the other fights? Cool. Yeah, Avia looked really good. That was a really good finish. And then uh Aguilar, that was a really good win. That was a fight where I wasn't too sure who'd win that. I'm surprised that it just wasn't a pick 'em. Two UFC newcomers, you don't really know what you're gonna get, but Aguilar came out strong. 
landed that big shot that hurt Ivy, and he just finished him really quickly. Those first three fights, it had the UFC had to do a lot of filler after those three wins. I know it was it was kind of honestly as funny as the finishes were. Like it's kind of brutal to sit there after like a, a ten second fight or whatever and sit for like twenty five minutes. Yeah, you know, as far as okay, so we'll start with Marab. He looked amazing again. He's like the Habib of this division at this point. He's got to have one of the best wrestling games in the UFC at this point, like pound-for-pound pound basis. He takes down guys at will, man. Um, I'm super impressed with Morab. 100% needs to fight a ranked guy. I know he called out Sean O'Malley. I don't like that fight, Cole. I'd like rather have those guys on different trajectories. Like, There's no need to match those guys up right now. They're both on the up and up. I love both those guys. For Morab, um, you know, you look at the rankings. Uh you know, again, John Dodson's a guy. Rob Font at number 10. Why not fight – or 11, actually, sorry. Rob Font's 11 right now. I don't think he has a fight coming up. He's a pretty good fighter. He's a good test for him. Like, he's a guy with good takedown defense but really good striking. So if Mariah could take him down at will, which I think he probably could, that would move him up to, like, the top 12. So I think that's a fight that they could do. Um, you know, Cody Stamen's probably looking for a fight. But, again, that would be an interesting fight, actually, Cole. Mariah versus Cody Stamen. That would be an interesting fight because – Cody's wrestling is great, but Mrabs is like so dominant. So that'd be an interesting fight. And then obviously uh, you have guys like Jimmy Rivera, number nine too, you know, but I think they could do like O'Malley against Rivera too at this point. Just keep moving him up the rank. They want to fast track O'Malley. Um, Dane was kind of asked about Mrab. Didn't really have the same, like, I guess, uh, affection towards him that like someone like I I do. And I know a lot of people on Twitter love this guy too. I know you love Mrab too, Cole. Like, to me, this guy, he could easily be undefeated in the UFC right now. Like, he got completely screwed by a terrible, like, um, rule in, I think it was New Jersey, with that fight with uh, Ricky Simone. Didn't agree with that at all. And then the other fight with Frankie Sainz where he lost a split, he should have won. So this guy should be 6-0 and right now. Um, the other fights, you know, quickly going through them, Julia Villa looked good. But Jeannie Mazzini is not used to cover fighters. So to me, it's like, yeah, she looked good, but look who she beat. Gina Mazzini shelled up right away. Like she didn't even like really, you know, do anything after that. It's like, you're fighting for your job. I, I couldn't believe it to be honest with you, Cole, just the way she shelled up. Avia's good. Don't get me wrong. She's going to get fast tracked too. But uh, yeah, uh, Mazzini, geez, like I don't, I don't want to fight her bash her at all, you know, but I just don't think she belongs in the UFC. Uh, as far as Avia goes, you know, to me, she should fight someone in the top 15 at this point. Uh, by the way, Nico Montana was number 15 at Bandwidth. Why? Like, Julia Villa should be number 15. Nico Mateo should not be in the rankings. She's a great fighter, but she doesn't fight, so she shouldn't be there. Yeah, I think Betch Correa, number 13, Cole, Sajara Eubanks, number 14, any of those makes sense. She's got to fight someone uh, with a ranking beside her name. Tyson Nam, that was, to me, the knockout of the night, and one of the best knockouts of the year. But, yeah, Dasha, kind of cool. Like, seriously, who throws a lazy leg kick like that and doesn't even, like, put their, their hands up to block their chin? Like, this guy's a high-level striker, really? I don't believe that at all. Nam looked amazing. I'm so glad this guy uh, got this win. He needed to call. Had he lost? And like I said, I thought he would have lost to Benoit. He would probably have been cut from the UFC. So this is huge for his career. Not only does it get him $50,000 bonus call, it probably buys him like two more fights at least in the UFC. And yeah, the last fight, Christian Aguilera. I mean, again, you know, this was a coin flip fight, but uh, this guy, Ivy, I don't think he's UFC caliber, man. The way he shelled up when he got hit, like it, he just didn't react the way that I think Someone at this level should react. But, yeah, Aguilera's got some power, so he deserved a bonus too. I still thought Jordan Feely should have won fight of the night, though. i got to be honest, Cole. But, uh, yeah, a lot of competition. Dana kind of let the fans choose the bonuses this time, so that's interesting. All right, comments, and then we'll go to the preview. Uh, Agapova, Antonina, maybe. I guess. I don't know. I feel, I feel like they still want to give uh, Antonina a shot to, like, make something of herself, but her ground game is just so bad. It's terrible. Facts, cool. The filler was too much. I mean, what can the UFC do at that point? And then it says Mirab, Nadong, 
Sean Font. Sure, you can do it in those fights. You can mix and match any of those guys. And Marlon Vera is kind of the odd man out right now. He was ranked 15. O'Malley took his spot, but we all thought that Vera beat uh, Yudong. So he's kind of got screwed here a little bit, Cole. But uh, yeah, any of those guys, you match them up in some good fights. All right. That's it for this card. Now let's go to Blaze Volkov. Like I said at the beginning of the show, man, this is a great card. I'm really looking forward to this card, Cole. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. I predict there will be a lot more upsets than the last card. I think you're going to see like five upsets maybe. You know, like half the card could be upsets. I think almost every fight this card has upset potential. There's, there's like really like a lot. Go ahead. There's so many close fights. Like if you look at the odds, like there's so many yeah. plus 120s, plus 110s. Like those fights, it's night you could easily be like a six and six night or whatever, how many fights there are. Like, this night is like you could either do really well you could pick the right upsets or you could just be totally wrong because there's so many close fights where it could go so many different ways yeah cole's 100 right like there's a lot of fights that are coin flips here that maybe the odds reflect that and some fights and i think the odds should reflect them to be even closer so let's start with this card we'll start with the bottom as always work way up so first fight of the night cole lightweight battle between austin hubbard and max uh Roscoff, i think that's his probably pronounce his name is that right yeah i saw some clips of this guy he is super impressive. Anyways, we'll talk about this fight here. Odds right now have Roxboth, who took the fight on very short notice, minus 175, and Hubbard, plus 155. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a fight where I really high Max Roxboth. I've seen him uh, fight a couple times. This is a fight where people jumped on the open line. He was plus 120 to open, yeah. and now he's a massive favorite because yeah. I think Roscoff wins this fight. I think his wrestling, he is such a good wrestler. There is no one that can stop his wrestling. Like, and he finishes all the fights by submission. Austin Hubbard's a guy that we've seen what happens when he fights really good wrestlers. Marco Batson, Davey Ramos. He gets taken down at will, and he just gets held there. I think Ross Goffin would do the same thing. Even though this is a short notice, his wrestling, I don't think many people can stop it. I don't think Hubbard can stop it. Ross Goff's just going to take down Hubbard at will. I don't know if he'll be able to submit Hubbard. Hubbard's a tough guy. He can take a lot of shots, but and on the ground, his grinding looks okay as far as jiu-jitsu, but I think Ross Goff's going to get a decision win just by wrestling Austin Hubbard. Yeah, this fight is uh, interesting for sure. The short notice, obviously, Joe Selecki, um, he withdrew from the fight. I don't think he said why, Cole, but uh, hopefully he's okay. Anyways, yeah, I got to go with Rocks, uh, Roscoff, too. Man, this guy's impressive on tape, guys. He really is. Like, his ground game's sick, you know? So I think that the grappling is going to be his realm, and I think he'll be able to take down Hubbard. Having said that, like four days notice, man, five days notice. So that's obviously a concern. Hubbard's been actively training. I'm sure Rock, uh, Roscoff has been, you know, working out and get in shape for the short notice opportunity. I'm sure he, his manager told him, you know, you could get in the UFC soon. But, you know, the short notice kind of freaks me out a little bit. Well, having said that, I mean, you know, especially if you got him a plus 120 at the opener, you obviously had to jump on that. My pick's going to be Roscoff. I think he actually probably get a finish goal. I think he could possibly submit Hubbard in this fight. So I guess I'll go with submission, although a decision could definitely uh go down as well to see if the odds are no we don't have odds for that but actually yeah no we don't have odds for that we just have it uh over under and honestly that can go either way but if their odds are really good on him by submission i could take a shot if it's like plus 300 or something i don't think it will be maybe plus 200 that could still be with a shot i think he could win the fight like that but it could be a decision as well either way i do like washcloth but having said that you know i would kind of look for a prop um i don't know like minus 175 you know it's 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 still fair cole but if it starts getting up to like minus 200, then you you know you have to kind of think short notice against a guy with UFC experience against really high level wrestlers already. Like Hubbard might come out here and show us something that we haven't seen yet. So I think the I think the fight was lined correctly when it was close to open. 
Having said that, you know, if it goes too high, it's it's going to be out of betting range at that point. All right, next fight. This is a really close fight as well, according to the odds. Lauren Murphy against Roxanne Modafferi, women's flyweight bout. And again, you know, Cole, this is the second fight on the card. So I don't think the winner is getting a title shot. Like, why else wouldn't it be on the main card? All right, we got Roxanne Modafferi, minus 120, and Lauren Murphy, plus 100. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is such a close fight. It, I honestly could see either one of these girls winning, but I have a slight lean towards Roxanne Modafferi. I just think her, I think their striking are very similar. I just think Modafferi's ground game is a bit better, where I think she can take Murphy down. She has so, solid wrestling, but the way Modafferi loses when she fights girls that are a lot bigger than her, like every lot, her losses are Jennifer Myos, Tara Eubanks, who both missed weight. That's something Modafferi's been. That's why I talked to Modafferi for this fight. That's why she won Lauren Murphy because Murphy makes weight. It's definitely a close fight. I wouldn't be surprised if Murphy won. I just think Modafferi's just going to outpoint Murphy and win a decision win. Yeah, this is a super close fight. Definitely can go either way. Could be a split decision. I wouldn't want to have money in this fight, guys, because I think this fight can go either way. I'm going to slightly lean towards Roxanne, too, just because I was so impressed by the fight with Macy Barber, like the way she controlled that fight. And, like, okay, I had a, I went on a rant last night against the stats and scoring in the sport. You look at the stats of that fight, Cole. Apparently, the stats say that Roxanne landed only 19 significant strikes. Macy Barber at 16, by the way. So, like, the striking stats, you're just looking at it blindly. Whoa, that was a close fight. No. Having said that, she landed 117 total strikes. Whoever's doing the fight metric, I don't believe that at all, man. They need to, like, have someone review that because, to me, you know, that fight call, all I remember is it just being an absolute beatdown with a lot of ground strikes being thrown. So, you know, I got to say that. But, yeah, as far as this fight goes, it's close, man. Just because the styles match up so similarly – they both don't really have good striking, but they both stay busy on the feet, so they can kind of like fool the judges a little bit into thinking they're actually landing. Um, grappling games, they're both kind of grinders. Um, I would give an edge, though, to Roxanne if the fight does go to the ground. So that's I'm, I think that she's going to like try pushing Murphy against the fence, make it kind of a grind, try to get some takedowns. But I think she'll be a little bit busier in the feet, so I'm going to give the, the uh, nod here uh, to Roxanne by decision, Cole. But this is a close fight, man. I personally wouldn't feel comfortable having money in this fight. You know, maybe on the over uh, or the fight goes the distance because I, I don't see a finish. They don't really have finishing power. So I think that the fight probably goes the full three. Uh, but I don't feel comfortable betting on either side here. Can she you say your money? Roxanne has proved herself and beat Murphy. Otherwise, she'll never improve. Yeah, this is a big fight for Roxanne. You know, she's someone that's been around forever. So this would be a huge win for her. She could get a tele shot this win. But having said that, you know, Look up where it is in the card. So I don't think the UFC cares about this fight as much as some people want to believe. All right, next up, this is a really good fight here as well. Frank Kamako against Matt Frevola. Frevola minus 120, Kamako plus 100. Who's your pick, Cole? I have Matt Frevola here, and I really like these odds. I think he should be a bigger of a favorite. I just think he's better everywhere. I know Kamako is a form well played. I think he's going to be bigger in there, but I think Frevola on the ground is a lot better than Kamako. And I think on the feet, he's a better striker. I don't. I think no matter where it goes, Frivola can even finish this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a TKO win over Kamako. I wouldn't be surprised if he submits Kamako. Frivola's looked really good lately. Two wins over Jalen Turner, who had a lot of hype on him, and then Luis Pena, which is a really good win. Pena's a long guy, so he knows what's like fighting a bigger guy. I just think Frivola on the feet is going to be a lot busier. I think he might be able to hurt Kamako. But again, on the ground, I think that's where it's going to be the difference. I think Frivola can just take Kamako down and probably submit him. If not, he'll get a clear cut decision. Yeah, I do lean towards Favola too, but I think it's a closer fight than what you're saying, Cole, personally, because if Favola can't get the takedowns, if I stay standing, Frank Kamako is going to have a huge advantage on the feet. The guy lands 6.68 significant strikes uh, per 15, so I mean, or 
per minute. So this guy is throwing a crazy amount of strikes. If the fight stays standing, he could win. But having said that, I think Frivola can get takedowns. And I think he can possibly submit uh, Kamako just like uh, Benil Darius did. Cool. So that could be the way it happens. But I'm kind of leaning towards a uh, decision possibly. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a really good fight though. Uh, I really like Frank Kamako, man. He's fun to watch. And uh, Favola's really impressed me the last few fights. All right, next up, another really close fight called Courtney Casey against Julian Robertson. Uh, Robertson minus 120, Casey plus 100. This is a close one. Who's your pick? I'm going with the slight underdog, Courtney Casey. I was just really impressed with their last win over uh, Romeo Varello Smittinger. And I know she's a former star, but she actually has, she's bigger. She's five foot seven. Robertson's 5'5", five five, and she has a four-inch reach advantage, which I think will be big here. On the ground, I think they're very similar, but I just think Robertson, who she's beaten and how she beat them aren't UFC caliber girls like Sarah Froda or Veronica Macedo. She does have win over Molly Can and um, Emily Whitmire, which are good, but her losses are kind of when she fights that next level up like uh, Buena Silva and Macy Barber. I think Casey's just a bit better well-rounded than Robertson. I think on the ground, she might be a bit better on the feet. I think she's just going to be more active. So I think Casey's going to edge out a decision, but again, this is another close fight that I probably won't put money on. I, I think I would put money on this fight because I really like Courtney Casey in this fight. Cole. I think she's going to win this fight probably by submission. I think that she's really underrated, man. She's got so much experience. She's lost a lot of really close fights in her career. I mean, she's fought everyone, though. So she's been impressive. The last fight with Mayra Romero-Barella, that was so impressive. And as far as why are you pronouncing Camacho's name like that? Sorry, man, I pronounced his name wrong. My bad, dude. All right, as far as Courtney Casey goes, yeah, I, I think uh, – I think she's going to win this fight, Cole. I think a plus 100, you got to take a shot on her, man. Robertson's been finished a few times. I, I'm not too impressed with her. She's got some potential. She can beat some of the lower-ranked fighters in the division, but you know she can be finished, man. She's been finished twice on the UFC. Casey's battle-tested. She's fought everyone. She's been impressed, and she just fought a couple weeks ago, and she looked good. So, Courtney Casey plus 100. I think that could be our consensus dog of the night, Cole. I really do like her in this fight. All right, next up, we got Oscar Pachota against Marc-Andre Berrio. Another close fight. Pachota minus 125. Berrio plus 105. Who's your pick? The, uh, these, this is such a tough fight to call because I don't think either of them are UFC caliber. Both on three-fight losing streaks. This is going to be a lose that goes home. I'll favor Marc-Andre Berrio slightly. I just think on the feet, he's probably a bit more powerful. He hasn't shown much in the UFC. He lost to Sanchez, Jocko, and Jungle Park. He has a split against Jocko. He had some success on the feet. I just think against Pachola, we've seen him get knocked out. We've seen him have problems on the ground. I think Barrio is going to be a bit stronger where he can control where the fight goes. But again, this is this is a fight I wouldn't put money on just because I don't think either of these guys are UFC caliber. And it, it really, when it's these two low-level guys, you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Pablo's here. What's up, guys? How's it going, man? And I just want to get to this comment. My bad, dude. You know, honestly, like, I can't pronounce every name correctly. I try my best, but there's some names that I just have a problem saying. So... You know, um, I had, you know, when I was younger, I had some speech issues, but I think you know, I've cleared up most of them. But yeah, that, that name, I sorry, I butchered uh, Camacho, Camacho's name. It's just hard for me to say that name for some reason. All right, as far as this fight goes, Barrio versus Pachota. Yeah, you know what, Cole? Again, me and Cole don't even talk about the fights beforehand, so I have no idea what Cole's thinking. I don't want to know what he's thinking because I want to go here blindly and just, you know, give our honest opinions. I like Barrio a little bit too. I mean, I don't know if I'd bet on him because he hasn't even won a fight in the UFC, Cole. But Pachota is such a clear fade to me. Like, he's been terrible in the UFC. He gets finished every fight. Uh, Barrio at least has been, like, pretty durable, and he's kind of, like, grinded these fights out and almost won these fights. He is 0-3, but those fights could have gone either way in some cases. Like, the Jocko fight and the Sanchez fight was pretty close. 
So, you know, Pachota, he, everyone raved about his ground game coming in the UFC. He hasn't really shown it too much. I think he's been a really big disappointment, personally, Cole. I haven't been impressed with him. Barrio, I haven't been impressed with either, but a little bit more so. So Barrio, by decision, I think, or possibly he could finish this fight as well. Um, but, you know, would I bet on it? Probably not because they're both guys on, you know, three-fight losing skids, and those are not the kind of guys you want to bet on, in my opinion. All right, next up, women's strawweight bout. Uh, Tisha Torres against Brianna Van Buren. Brianna Van Buren, minus 190. Torres, plus 165. Who's your pick? This is Brianna Van Buren all the way. Tisha Torres on four-fight losing streak. I'm surprised she's getting another fight. Brianna Van Buren, she's the up-and-comer. This is a perfect fight for her to just get that win over no-name in Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres, although look who she's lost to, Jessica Andrade, Joanna, Wheelie Zhang, and Marina Rodriguez. Those are all top-quality opponents, but... I just think Van Buren's going to be stronger. Should be able to take down Torres on the feet. Should be more active than Torres. This is more. This is more of a fade on Torres, and I'm just really high on Bri- Brianna Van Buren. She won that Invicta tournament. I just think she's better wherever the fight goes. I think Van Buren might even be able to finish Torres. Torres is really durable, so maybe it goes to distance. But I think Bri- Brianna Van Buren wins this fight. This is a close one, man. I, I don't like the odds. Uh, that's for sure. I don't think she should be minus one ninety. Tisha Torres. I don't, okay. I'm not a fan of really of her game. I don't like the way she fights. She's just a point fighter. She has no finishing ability whatsoever. Look at her. <laughs> Out of her 15 fights, 14 of them got the distance. Like, who wants to watch her fight, really, you know? Having said that, she has tons of experience against high-level competition. She has some good wins. What was the name of you? Paige Ranzan, Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson. So she's fought the best of best, has wins, but four straight losses. How can you trust her here, right? Dan Buren, she's really small, but, man, she they call her the ball for a reason. She's super aggressive. Looked good in her last fight against Souza. Four straight fights. Hasn't fought in a year. That does, you know, kind of worry me a little bit. The ring rust, possibly. But I, I slightly got to lean towards Van Buren. But I think it's dogger pass, honestly. Because I think Torres could outpoint her. Um, having said that, just from what I've seen of Torres, I don't know if she even has – I don't know if she really wants to fight anymore. Like, I know she went back to school recently, a couple years ago or something. To me, it's it seems like she's kind of checked out. Like, she hasn't been very competitive. She loses again, five straight losses. Cool. No way she's staying in the UFC. You can't have someone in five straight losses unless you're, like, <laughs> I guess, like, BJ or something. But it's very rare, Cole. So, Van Buren by decision is my th- is my pick. But I think Taurus could win if she really fights for potential here. And just getting some comments here. Kinshira likes Torres. Yeah, I mean, the odds, for sure. You know, I think Torres, dogger pass. Tisha versus Brianna Shores fighting in my history. 411 versus five. Yeah. Tiny Tornado. Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott, what's going on? Chances we see both engaged late cut after this in card. We'll talk about Pennington's fight first and then I can answer your question. Good money for Torres. I think she'll win because Peller and Van Buren one inch taller than Van Buren. Yeah, she could win. I think so too. But uh, I'm gonna slightly in towards Van Buren just because of the aggressiveness. I think that aggression will win her the fight. She's beating nobody. Uh, she beats Souza, who was a decent fighter, I think, in Invicta. And then uh, the other win was over, what's her name? Kaylin Curran is not that great. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, Torres has so much more experience. I also, there was a comment here. Where is it? And she said, never been on two guys fighting for four losses in a row. Yeah. I said the same thing about Ch- Pachota and Barrio. Don't bet on that fight. It's not worth betting on. And same with Torres. That's why I wouldn't bet on her because she has lost four in a row. So how do you trust her to snap that losing skid? I just think that the odds are a little bit too high in Van Buren's favor. Last fight in the prelims here, Colton. This is another tough fight to call, I think. Uh, Clay Guida against Bobby Green. The odds are pretty lopsided, surprisingly, in my opinion. Uh, Bobby Green minus 235. Guida plus 195. Who's your pick? Yeah, I don't really get the odds. I think this is, again, a dog or pass. I think Bobby Green's probably going to win the fight. I just think Guida is obviously past prime. I think Bobby Green, I don't think either of them are, they're both on losing streaks of Guida's. 
lost to Jim Miller, a quick submission. Bobby Green lost to Trinaldo and Tricard Close, which aren't terrible losses. I just think Green's going to be a bit better on the feet. I think he can keep this fight standing. I think if Guida gets down to the ground, I think he can have a lot of success against Green. But again, this is dogger pass. I just don't think you can lay minus 235 on Bobby Green at this point. This guy got this comment here where is it? Pavlo said, Teach the 18 fights in her career, 17 decisions. I forgot about her tough fights. So yeah, she had that one win over Lima by submission. It was so surprising, in my opinion. He also said Brianna beat Souza. She's pretty good. Um, as far as uh, Ken Shiro had a comment, how do you guys do in Ivers Cup? Pretty good. Call it a good night. Uh, you know, as far as this fight goes, Colt, I don't agree with the odds at all. Why is it minus 235 Bobby Green? I'm a huge Bobby Green guy. Like, I love the guy. We had him in the party shot back in 2013. When he beat James Krause, and he was, you know, awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I like Bobby a lot. He's great, but he's very inactive these days. And he's not really a guy you can trust, I don't think, as far as betting on fights go. Like, look at his record. It's just, it's so inconsistent right now. He's he's lost, uh, he's won five and one in his last seven fights. Like, how do you bet on a guy like that? You can't. Pavlo says Bobby's won one fight in six years. I agree, Bob uh, Pavlo. Bobby, I love Bobby. Don't get me wrong. He's a good fighter. Great boxing, good takedown defense. He's a good fighter, just super inactive. Play Guida. He, hey, here's the thing about Guida. So he's 38. That scares me, obviously. And he's also lost a bunch of fights by stoppage, like Jim Miller, Oliveira. Having said that, look what he did BJ. He beat BJ, grinded him out. He grinded out Eric Koch. He, grind, he actually finished Joe Lozon. Play Guida has great performances once in a while. In this fight, you know, Bobby could keep his staying, just kind of outbox Play Guida. And I think that's, I guess, what the – the odds makers are thinking and the people betting on him thinking, but I think Clay Guida can just win on aggression and takedowns. I, I think he can grind Bobby Green out, man. Plus 195 in a fight that I think is a coin flip. You go, I have to go with Clay Guida here. Bobby Green can win the fight for sure. He matches up pretty well against Clay Guida, but look look at Guida's, look at his career. Look at the experience he has, man. He's fought everyone, and he has so many big wins. Anthony Pettis, Raphael Daniels, Nate Diaz, and you know how he won those fights, Cole? Takedowns. He can get takedowns and grind guys out. I think he can do it to Bobby Green. I think he can push against the fence, get a few takedowns, and win a decision. So plus 195. I got to go with Clay Guida here. Uh, I just think there's value on him. All right. Uh, Comment from Kinshiro. You had a big night. Good for you, Ben. All right. Next up, we got uh, the main card here. Catchweight bout, 160 pounds call. Jim Miller against Roosevelt Roberts. Roberts making a quick turnaround. Roberts minus 225. Miller plus 185. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a classic prospect for veteran matchup. I think this is going to be a change to the guard fight. I think this is a win for – this is a fight Roosevelt Roberts gets a win over a big name in Jim Miller. Jim Miller is – he's getting past his brand. Like he obviously had that really good win over Clay Guida, but lost to Scott Holtzman. He's kind of outworked in that fight. I just think Roosevelt Roberts is going to be able to outwork Jim Miller. He's going to be a lot fresher. He just fought. He's going to have a cardio advantage. I think he can just really have solid aggression on Jim Miller and try to tire Jim Miller out. Jim Miller's a tough guy where I don't know if he'll be able to, if Roberts will be able to finish up. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes fight down to the ground. We've seen Miller be submitted a ton. Uh, it's definitely a fight where I think Roberts might be able to finish, but I don't know if you will. Jim Miller's a tough guy, but I think Roosevelt Roberts wins this fight pretty easily. Yeah, you got to go with Roberts here because he just fought. He looked great against Brock Weaver, but this is a step up for him, man. Jim Miller's a battle tested veteran. He's kind of like Clay Guida, he's been around forever. And once in a while, he has an amazing performance. So he's a guy that can submit people from out of nowhere. He's really good. Also, uh, Jim beat – or uh, Roberts beat uh, – or lost to Vince Michelle. And, man, he didn't look good in that fight. So I think Miller could beat him, possibly. Um, Adrian Kapoor thinks Jim could sub Roberts. Yeah, it's possible. I 
I will pick Roberts. I think he can probably grind decision over here, Cole. I don't really see him finishing Jim Miller, although I guess he could submit him. But Jim Miller, man, he can submit guys out of nowhere, Cole. So to me, like, it it could be a dog or pass situation. You know, it's a gatekeeper versus a prospect. I'll go with the prospect, but, you know, you could definitely take a longer look at Miller here because the guys, again, like Clay Guida, it's fought everyone, and he's beaten a lot of really good fighters. So that experience could come to play against guy. Roberts, who only has 11 fights, compared to Jim Miller, who has 46 fights. That's a big difference, Cole. All right, next up, we got Walter Ray Boat. The Law Muhammad against Lyman Good. Another fight with close odds. Uh, Law Muhammad minus 120, and Lyman Good is plus 100. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. It's really close. They fought, both fought Chance Urkander. Bilal got a decision. Lyman Good got the knockout. I favor Lyman Good slightly. I just think it's going to be a stand-up fight. I think Lyman Good will keep it standing. And on the feet, I just think Lyman Good is a more powerful striker. We saw what he had. He has the finishing power in the third round. I know he lost Damian Maia by submission, but in going into that fight, he tore his bicep, but he just kept on taking that fight just because how many opportunities he's going to get to fight Maya. It's definitely a close fight. That's why the odds are like this. I just think good on the feet is the better striker. I think he's the more powerful striker. I think he can land and hurt Bilal Muhammad. I just think he can win that way. Maybe he scores a late round TKO similar to what he did against Chase Rencounter, just beating up over time. But I think good can win this fight. John Hunko, what's going on, man? I see Jim Miller turn back the clock when he kind of always performs. Yeah, I think he could win this fight too. Pablo says Miller's only fighting for records. He could go down as the guy with the most fights, possibly. I, think, I still think like Cerrone could, but Cerrone's slowing down. He, yeah, ball. he's tying Cerrone in yeah. this fight. And he, I talked to him for the fight, and he actually said he wants to get to 40, and he'd love to have his 40th fight versus Cerrone as their 40th fight. Oh, that's, a, that's a fight that I think we have seen that fight, right? Yeah, he said it would be a good rematch. Then yeah, both, yeah. Maybe that's their retirement fight is they both end on 40, and he said no one else is getting a 40 UFC fight, just the way the UFC yeah. turns their roster around. They're they're right, but you know, there's a few guys that are like they fight uh, very often. Like Neil Magny's a guy that fights a lot, so he could be a guy that could be up there. Um, Pablo says Roberts fought tough recently, fighting in a short cage. Yes, he was on the uh, contender series. John Kim, John Hunko's here, and Adrian Cooper says what's up. He also says Bilal is one of the most underrated guys, one seventy, and Pablo says Bilal's going to win. Okay, so now Cole, I love you. How do you break down this fight without without even mentioning Lyman Good had coronavirus and didn't train and was sick as hell. Come on, Cole, you got to bring that up, man. Because to me, that could be something that definitely impacts his performance in this fight. I think it's a super close fight, too. I think Good could win. Uh, you know, you talk about the power, Cole, like you said. He's got tons of power. And, the, man, the fight with Ben Cameron was impressive. But I can't bet on a guy who was so sick. Like, he said he was, you know, quarantined and he was, like, really ill. He's fighting two months later. I don't know, man. That, that, that bothers me, you know. I think it's a close fight. But Bilal, with the wrestling and the activity, I think he can grind it out for a decision. It's a close fight, though. But that kind of thing could be the difference in the fight. And what, to me, is a really close fight. So, you know, I think it's definitely worth mentioning, at least, that uh, the guy was first fighter, I believe, that uh, announced he was tested positive. And since then, we've had a couple other guys, Jacques Array, Eric Silva. By the way, we haven't had any positive tests in Jacques Array, right? No. Heinish uh, cornerman guy was... Uh, the, the false positive. And that's and I think that's it. Cater's coach got, uh, Cater's coach got sick. Um but other than that, I mean, the UFC's doing a good job. But, yeah, I think that could be something that you definitely have to think about when uh, picking this fight. Having said that, I mean, good, man, he's got a lot of power. He has a lot of power. So he could be Bilal by knockout. We have seen Bilal fi uh, finish before by Vicente Luque. Lyman Good just looks in shape on the steroid uses in the past. He has tested positive for steroids. So, yeah, you know, you, that's a, that is a fact. 
to pour Blau could sub a gas alignment. Maybe, maybe in the third round. I'm kind of leaning towards a decision, but it is a dangerous fight, man, because you guys, trust me, Lyman Good, you don't want to get punched right him. He's got a lot of knockout power. You gave false uh, false positives too. Same with uh, Claudia. John says, I believe Lyman only took a couple weeks off and got back in the gym with Burgos prepared. That's good. Burgos' coach got sick, I think, as well. That's good. I, but yeah, I mean, it, it does concern me, though, John, honestly. Like, it does bother me a little bit. It was only two months ago where he pulled out of the fight, showed notes, and then announced that he had that. So maybe it doesn't impact the fight, maybe I'm overthinking it. But, you know, you got to look at every edge when it comes to every fight when you're handicapping the fight. So to me, that's something that could come into play. All right, next up, we got a women's bandway fight between Raquel Pankton and Mary Renault. Another really close fight, Cole. Uh, Raquel Pennington minus 150, Mary Renault plus 130. Who's your pick? I'm going with Raquel Pennington. I just, this is a more of a fade on Mary Renault. She's what, 42 years old. I just think it, she's past her prime. Two straight losses, Kat Singano, Yana Kuniskaya. She hasn't fought since March of last year, so it's obviously a long layoff. Raquel Pennington fought earlier this year. The decision lost to home. Before that, beat Irene Aldana by split. She has wins over like Misha Tate, Beth Correa, Jessica Andrade. She loses to the top girls like Amanda Nunez, Jermaine Duranamy, Holly Holm. She beats the people she's supposed to beat. I think Marion Rowe is a girl she's supposed to beat. I think she can just outwork Marion Rowe on the feet, on the ground, use clinch, just beat Renault. I think she's going to edge out a decision win. Yeah, you know, honestly, a few years ago, I definitely would have picked Renault for sure. This is a tough one, man. I, I think Renault can win the fight. And honestly, coming into this, I was going to pick her, but I, it's hard to get uh, by that age, 42. She is the oldest fighter in this division. She's one of the oldest fighters in the UFC. And Pablo says, Renault's fighting her birthday. She's going to be 43 on, on this uh, fight. So that's one of the oldest fighters in the UFC. And, you know, the fight with Kat, uh, Kunis Cameron Zagano, like she she looked really just like she's on the decline. Having said that, she had some good performances. She submitted Andrade. She beat McMahon. So she can finish people. But I don't know, man. It's tough. Raquel Payne is hard to finish. Most of Renault's uh, wins are by finish. If the fight goes the three rounds, it's probably going to be Pennington by decision. I wouldn't bet on Pennington. I don't really think she's that great of a fighter personally, but I'll lean towards Pennington actually well, now that I think about it more. Um, I did agree with your breakdown for this one. I just, the age, you know, 31 to 42. You know, I think Rocky's also on the decline, but it's really hard to bet on someone who's actually going to be 43. Uh, other than Anderson Silva's 45, he's the oldest fighter in the UFC. Little Nog's 43. And yeah. I think Alina. Oh, Lennox, what? I think he's probably 42. Doom's also up there in age. And I think it's heavyweights that are old. There's a lot of older heavyweights. There's like five or six guys over 40. I think I think Overeem's also 40 and a few other guys as well. Good poor. Renault's legit Wonder Woman. Mad respect. I have a lot of respect for her too. She fought in the UFC in the late 30s. She had some nice wins. Do you guys remember UFC debut against Alexis Dufresne? That was such an impressive performance. Her boxing that fight, she looked incredible. So she looked amazing. Um, but really, it's kind of just an up and down through her career. She beat those girls like five or six years ago. Exactly. Uh, that's the thing that bothers me. Uh, Aldana be painted in my opinion. Uh, I had Aldana there and I really wanted her to win, but I thought painting with the take that was probably grinded it out. Pavlo says Romero's 43. That's right. Yoel's also up there in age as well. Yoel, he could actually be even older. A lot of those Cuban guys, man, people don't really, uh, think that their ages are correct, but yeah, Romero, uh, Yoel Romero is an absolute monster. Honestly, though, Cole, like, I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't put this fight on the main card. You know, I, I think I would have had, uh, Roxy and Murphy instead because I think that's a more important fight. But I would have put Conco for Vola. Yeah, that could be fight of the night too. That could easily. Well, actually, I didn't get your. Well, actually, this is going to be my pick for fight of the night. Yeah. Speaking of, this is the best fight in the card. Shane Burgos against Josh Emmett, featherweight fight. 
they just announced EJ Cater last night. Someone asked earlier, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Adrian, but he asked uh, us to talk about that fight quick. So, you know, as far as that announcement goes, well, what a fight that is. Um, but let's get to this fight. Josh Emmett against Shane Burgos. Right now we have Shane Burgos minus 135, Emmett plus 115. So close odds. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is such a close fight. This is like, it's a big step up for Shane Burgos. Like, if you look who we fought, it's just been Godfaro, Pepe, Calvin Cater before Cater was the top 15 guy. Kurt Hallbach, Cub Swanson, Macklin Amir Khani. But he's looked really good, especially that Macklin Amir Khani guy. Fight. Josh Emmett, two knockout wins over Michael Johnson, Mirsad Bekdik. It's such a close fight. I think Burgos can just pick and move for the first round, but the thing with Emmett is he only needs to land one, and I think he can land one. I think he can catch Shane Burgos. I think he can finish him second or third round, similar to what he did against like a Bekdik, but just later on in the fight. His power, just think, I just don't think he can avoid the power hand for 15 minutes. Burgos think, really needs to be perfect for the entire fight to win this one. I just think Emmett can land once and drop him and finish him. This is definitely a sick fight. I think it's going to be the best fight in the card. I got to go with Shane Burgos, though. I do think he's just a better fighter right now, more well-rounded, in my opinion. Also, you know, look at, like, the stats. And, again, stats don't tell the whole story, but he's landing over seven significant strikes a minute in the UFC. So that's incredible. The guys looked amazing as of late. Some great wins. He looked incredible against Mac one. The fight with Cub Swanson, I don't know how it was a split. He obviously won that fight. He has some other good fights as well. He does have the loss to Cater by not going through rounds. So I, I guess that's what you're thinking is going to happen here, Cole. You know, Josh Emmett is – he's a guy that I've underrated, man. i got to be honest. Like, he's a guy that I pick against quite often, and he, he does win. The last fight I had him against Mursad, but I remember the Michael Johnson fight. I really liked Michael Johnson that fight. And then I thought he was losing the whole fight, and they came back and got that third-round knockout. But Carl Lawrence was a guy I didn't think he'd beat, and he knocked him out, though he did miss weight. But, uh, you know, we, we saw what happened like the, against Desmond Green, got appointed. Jeremy Steemers knocked him out. So he's not a guy that is unbeatable. He can lose. The thing about Josh Emmett that I don't like in this fight, and I, and I do think Josh is a really good fighter, but he's 35. So he's one of the oldest fighters in this division right now against Burgos, who's right in his prime at 829. Emmett's probably at the tail end of his prime. If he wants to make a run, he needs to win this fight. He wins this fight in impressive fashion. He could get a title shot, possibly. Same with Burgos. They win... Against a big knock, get a big knockout here. They could jump up to that uh, number one contender spotter, not number one, but top five, I guess I should say, not number one. Um, but yeah, my picks for me, Burgos to win decision. I think he can just kind of outwork Josh Emmett and avoid the big knockout punch. But definitely a, a close fight and a competitive fight. And I think it's going to be fun tonight. Pavlik, Shane Burgos. Uh, John says Emmett brings a shotgun, Burgos brings pistols. Hard pick. Fans will definitely not be disappointed. Such an important fight for both. Great fight. Love this fight. Adrian Burgos won't get lazy like Johnson will tag up Emmett for the unanimous. That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Pavel says Emmett didn't beat no one ranked. Uh, Lamas, Bactic. Yeah, at the time, Bactic. Is he still ranked? I don't know. But no, not anymore. After he lost to Ige, he got Ige yeah. took his spot. When he when he beat Lamas, Lamas was definitely ranked, although he did miss weight for that fight. We already mentioned that. But yeah, he uh, knocked him out when he missed uh, when he was uh, ranked guy. And Michael Johnson, I think, was in the bottom 15 as well. Yeah. So I, I don't think what you said was correct. Uh, Pavlo, um, what was I going to say here? Here's a question here from Massio. Massio, what's going on, buddy? Adam, what do you use for betting? If you Quebec, Montreal, I use Lotto Quebec. I don't know what that is. Um, do, can you guys bet on fights? Like, I'm guessing that's like uh, OLG here in Ontario. Yeah, probably. Can't bet on that. Like Proline is that what he's? Yeah, Proline. Yeah, I, I hate it too because I don't think you could. Maybe they changed the call, but I don't think you could just bet on one game. I think you have to. Yeah, you have to like at least three. That's like, and I, it has to be even the same sport, which is so stupid. Yeah, the rules here are really stupid. So you have to go online, obviously. I mean, 
Massio, there's a lot of websites out there that you can bet on. Um, just pick, go, go ahead, Cole. Just the best fight odds, if you just look that up. Yeah. Every single one. Exactly. There. Go to bestfightodds.com. Love that website. Best website, Cole. I'm, I'm on there every oh, day. Yeah, me too. It's the best website. Holy crap. These guys, I think they should have ads, man, because they would make so much more money if they did that. But, you know, you got to love the website, man. Uh, but, yeah, best fights, you look at all these different books. You know, you got Pinnacle, Five Dimes, uh, Bad 365, Sports Interaction. Those are all good books. Bodog, they're all pretty legit. So take a look at those books, buddy. Um, and, yeah, they should be okay. But, I, I, you know, just do your research on them because, you know, different books have people that have said different things about them and stuff. But definitely uh, take a look. All right. Maybe at the evening, Cole, Curtis Blades against Alexander Volkov. Great fights. Crazy odds for a heavyweight fight. Curtis Blades minus 400. Wow. Volkov plus 325. Who's your pick, Cole? I have Curtis Blades in this one. I just think his, his striking against Junior Santos, that really impressed me. His striking has improved leaps and bounds, but his wrestling, I just think he'll be able to take Volkov down. I don't think Volkov will be able to hold him down. Volkov's normally a guy that has a huge reach advantage. He only has a one-inch reach over Blades, so he won't be able to just jab Blades like he does to a lot of heavyweights. I just think he won't be able to keep Blades off him for five rounds. I think Blades can just take him down. I think eventually he's going to wear Volkov out and just ground and pound TKO. I'm similar to what he did to like Shamil just later on the fight, like third, fourth round. I think he's going to score a TKO win through ground and pound. But again, minus 400. There's no way I'd bet this fight. I don't understand the odds, man. This is like no respect towards Alexander Volkov. Okay, so, you know, as far as Curtis Blades go, the guy's an absolute beast. Like, I love Curtis Blades, man. He's. He's one of the best guys. He's like, again, like, he's like Khabib. He's like Murad. He takes guys down at will and beats the crap out of them. But the difference is he's a heavyweight, so he finishes most of his opponents. Out of his uh, 13 career wins, 10 by knockout. So Curtis Blades, deadly grounded pound. But what I liked about the last fight with JDS, he kept it standing and knocked JDS out. JDS is on the decline. He's not the same guy he once was. His chin's compromised. But Curtis boxed him up good, man. JDS does have good boxing skills. So that was really impressive. The Shamil fight, the way he took him down, Cole, and beat him up. Obviously, he's lost twice in his career to Francis Ngannou. You know, most guys do lose by knockout to Ngannou. Everyone except for Stipe and Derek Lewis. Everyone else has been basically knocked up by Francis. So to me, like, that's not a bad loss to lose to that guy. You're losing to the best guy in the world, really. So um, other than that, Curtis has been incredible in the UFC. He, he, the fight with Overeem a couple years ago, Cole, he just beat Overeem up. Now they train together. You know, so he's getting better in the stand because he trained with Overeem. And we already knew he had great wrestling. Now, the thing is, though, Volkov is really good and he's super underrated. He's uh, actually won six of his last seven, seven out of his last eight fights. The one lost to Lewis in a fight he was winning up until the last 10 seconds got KO'd. So he was going to win that fight. Where would he be now? The fight with Greg Hardy, his last fight, I thought he looked great in that fight. I mean, Greg Hardy is definitely not high level heavyweight, but. Volkov took it to him for three rounds. It just showed that there's levels to the sport. The fight with Verdum, he's impressive. The fight with Struve, he's got a lot of experience. He's 38 fights. He's a former Belter champion. I think that Volkov is a really good chance to win this fight. I think he could definitely knock Curtis Blades out. Having said that, Cole, I still got to go with Blades because of the wrestling. You know, I think that's the difference. Back in the day in uh, in Bellator, the fight with Minikov was, uh, you know, that's or yeah, that's the kind of fight I'm thinking this could be, or the Chia Congo fight where he just kind of gets grinded out, taken down. That's kind of what I'm thinking happens, but it is five rounds. Five round fight's interesting. Volkov could definitely knock him out. Cole, it's not, it's dogger pass. I, I'd rather put some money on Volkov at plus three twenty five than Blaze at minus four hundred. So that's my pick for that fight. It'll be cursed Blades by TKO ground and pound. But I just don't like the odds, guys. Uh, actually, let me take a look at the odds here. We got Volkov inside a distance plus plus four seventy five. I think if he wins, he probably knocks Blades out. So 
you could take a look at that. Remember, yeah, guys, I don't think he can grind out blades. Uh, he's been five rounds cool, but I, I think he's been five rounds. Um, but man, it's tough. Actually, yeah, he's been five rounds of Bellator. He went five with Richard Hale. So he has been five rounds before, but yeah, I don't know, Cole. We'll see. But I, you know, Volk, look at the fight for Doom. Look where look what happened in that fight, Cole. It knocked him out in the fourth round. So he's got good cardio. Um, Derek Lewis fighting outstanding. He's looked great in the UFC. Kenshiro, Curtis doesn't believe in Nagano's fist can knock him out. Yeah, you know, Curtis, I don't know what's going on with him. He, he thinks he's going to pass Nagano for a title shot after this. I don't think so. I love Curtis Blazeland, man. He's a great guy and, you know, amazing uh, wrestling. But, geez, he, he, he's not getting the title shot from Nagano. Yeah, so Pavlo says they announced Kater Igwe. Great fight. They did announce that fight. Um, that's it for the breakdowns, guys. So, you know, me and Cole, we – you know, we had a few fights that we disagreed on, but for the most part, a lot of uh, similarities. So should be an interesting card, Cole. I think, like I said, a lot of dogs are going to cash on this card. I, I, I can't remember I picked. I think I picked four, if I'm not mistaken. One, two. Yeah, I, took, I think I took four, three or four. But uh, I think you're going to see, like, more than that, probably five or six. I just don't know who it's going to be, you know. Anyways, let's get to some uh, news, and then we'll get your questions as well. Guys, send questions in if uh, you have them right now. We'll answer them. All right, so let's start with this poll. I sent you the itinerary. So Joe Silva, former UFC matchmaker, he's been in the news lately. A lot of guys sharing these like really negative stories about Joe Silva, the former UFC matchmaker. Actually, look, Marcus had the same question. That's so funny. What are your thoughts on the comments by Roland Lauren, Eddie Alvarez about Joe Silva? When Joe was working with the UFC, I don't remember ever seeing anything negative about Joe. It's true, man. I remember when he worked the UFC, everyone talked about how great of a matchmaker he was, and now you know, five, six years later, he's retired. Everyone's talking a lot of smack. I think it is, you know, the fighters kind of speaking out and they're kind of, you know, remembering some of the negative stuff in the past. But it's kind of interesting that they are talking a lot of smack about Joe. But yeah, I mean, the Roland Lorm thing. Basically, Roland said that he had been like really. He, Roland Lorm is a Canadian fighter who had a couple of fights in the UFC. He, he's not a great fighter by any means, but you know, he's still in the UFC. So Joe uh, Roland was saying that he told Joe, "I want to fight. Give me a fight." And Joe was like, "You know, I can't give you a fight for six months." And then he offered him something on like two weeks' notice and benched him. Eddie Alvarez said that uh, he had dinner or something and he went to uh, Joe Silva at the table with Sean Shelby and he said that, you know, he wanted to inter introduce himself when he was new to the UFC. Apparently, Joe said, you're not getting a tell shot with your kind of style because some of his wins were kind of like grinds, like the fight over Anthony Pettis and uh, a couple other fights that were just grinding uh, Gilbert Melendez as well. But uh, apparently, he said, you know, you're not getting a tell shot like that. And then, according to Eddie Alvarez, Dana White like personally called him and offered him the fight with RDA. And of course, we know what happened there where he knocked RDA out. So the stories are interesting. Cole just interviewed Bray Maynard. I can't remember if Bray talked about Joe specifically in that uh, interview, Cole. But uh, what are your thoughts on this, man? A lot of uh, negative stories about Joe Silva. Yeah, because you never heard anything about it while he's match figure. It's similar to a lot of people talk highly of Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. I wonder once they're gone if you're going to hear a lot of these same oh, yeah. things. Because no fighters, every fighter talks about, oh, yeah, Sean's a good guy. Oh, Mick's a good guy. But Maybe that's just they're trying to – they don't want to say anything negative because they start saying negative about the current matchmakers. They're going to get screwed on yeah. the fights they get. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing these stories once Mick and Sean are gone or once fighters retire and they're still matchmaking. But, yeah, it's definitely surprising. A lot of fighters are now speaking up. But, Joe Silva, I think you're going to eventually hear more stories. It seems every day one or two old fighters share a Joe Silva story. I think there's a whole bunch more that haven't been said. I think you're going to start hearing a lot more because – once the ball gets rolling, a lot of people are going to start jumping on and telling their story of what happened with Joe. Yeah. Ian Blackburn, I forgot your comment here. Hardy did break his right hand in the first round. Yeah, he did break his hand, but I think Volkov would have won the fight either way. Um, Corey Masvidal, he criticized the White Knights. 
that are the UFC fighter commentator, obviously taking a shot at Daniel Cormier, Cole. Cormier's kind of the company man at this point. You know, he basically, you know, he agrees with everything Dana does. You know, Cormier's had a great career. He's an amazing fighter, a legend, Hall of Famer. Having said that, Cole, the UFC absolutely loves the guy. They give him a lot of privilege, I think, you know, compared to a guy like Corey Maswell who clearly has it up, uh, has it in for the UFC right now. He's pissed off. He doesn't like what's going on. What do you think about this Corey Maswell versus, uh, you know, guys like, I guess, DC, Paul Felder, guys like that, these guys, company men? Yeah, Corey Maswell's just mad at the UFC, and I don't really blame him. He's, from what he said, he said he was getting the UFC offered him less than what he made against Nate Diaz to fight Kamaru Usman. Yeah. which shouldn't really make less of anything. It should be more than what he made against Diaz, considering it's for the welterweight title. Mm-hmm. But that Diaz, so I don't blame for not taking that fight against Usman. Everyone says, oh, I should have taken it. But if you're getting paid less, why would you? When you could just rematch Diaz and make more money and probably an easier win, you keep your star power. Yeah, He's not happy with the UFC. I'm really interested to see how this one plays out because it doesn't seem like him and Dana White are both on completely opposite sides. Dana White just says, all right, don't fight then. So I don't really know how this one's going to turn out. Maybe they'll re- maybe they'll sit down and reach some sort of agreement after Usman Burns, but he's kind of taking shots at everyone in the UFC. Yeah, no, he is. He's not he's not happy. Uh, I watched Ariel's show yesterday, and he said that they offered him the same amount of money as the Nate Diaz fight the last second, but Maslow just, at that point, he was so angry that he didn't want to accept it. Who knows that's even true? Who knows who told Ariel that? Maybe it was the UFC that told him that. Who knows? Pavlo, Maslow's bad that DC's career is shorter, and he's made more accomplished more than him. Well, I mean, in a way, you are right, Pavel, because Maslow has been around for like 15 years, and he's really only become a star in the last like two years. He's had a lot of ups and downs, but I think the guy is an incredible fighter. And you know, this is just something the UFC would do, man. You have a guy that has so much momentum, then you put him on the bench because of a contract issue. So it sucks, Cole. You know, I feel like a lot of momentum's gone now from the wins over like Till and Askren, and the win over Diaz too. All right, uh, Dana White, he said no to the Anderson Silva-Anthony Pettis fight. This fight never made sense anyway. It was cool. Like 145 versus 185 or, or 205, I should say. I mean, these guys just fight at different weight classes. You know, Pettis, he's kind of at welter right now, so I guess you could have did like a catchweight fight at like 170 against Silva, but, you know, it, it, this fight was never going to happen. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really get this one. I, but that's the thing. Like, what do you even do with Anderson Silva? Because Yeah, it's a great question. It is. I think he kind of has to do these weird – fights that have no meaning on rankings against other guys that are out of a title picture that probably have no path back like Silva said he wants to fight his final two fights on his UFC contract I could never see the UFC releasing him or telling him to not fight I think he's going to fight those two final fights but like who he bat who he fights I honestly have no idea no it's a great question I think you know he could fight 205 or 185 for his last two fights he might just not want to cut weight. Actually, he kind of does want to cut weight because he was saying he wants to fight at 178. He wants a super fight, man. I can't blame him. Like, you know, even though the weight class is different, a fight like Conor McGregor isn't – it's kind of a fun fight in a way, and Conor doesn't have a fight right now. So don't you think that would be a big pay-per-view call? Like, even though Anderson's kind of like – I don't want to say washed up, but he's obviously on a tail end of his career. Wouldn't that still be a big fight call, Conor versus Anderson? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, they obviously were talking about it. It would be massive just because having those two names on a poster, Anderson versus Conor McGregor, Silva's would be way bigger. It would be a striking match. I don't think either of them would want to go to the, would want to take the fight down to the ground. So it would be really interesting fight just because Silva probably has more power just because he's bigger. Who knows what McGregor would do in that fight? McGregor kind of just wants these big fights. It would be a big fight for him. Another fight, just keep him active. He can have a win over Anderson Silva on his record if he wins. Like it made sense just because what else are you going to do with those two guys? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Because I'm looking at the, the roster right now. 
the one fight that does make sense is a trilogy fight with Chris Weidman. I still yeah. need to do that fight. That fight is a big fight still. Cool. Like it's not a pay-per-view headliner anymore, but I think it, I would watch that fight. You could do it at 205 and just say, don't yeah, cut yeah, weight. Yeah, you know what? Do it at 205 so they don't have to cut weight. I'm fine with that. Cool. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Just, you know, looking at the rankings because really, you know, he really should be fighting a guy like, for instance, Sam Alvey. That'd be a kind of fight he could fight, but why would he kind of waste the last two fights of his career on a guy like that? You know, I'm just saying, as far as where he is in the standings, that's kind of the guy you should be fighting right now. But just looking at the rest of the rankings, I mean, I wouldn't put him in there with guys like, you know, Uzdemir or Reyes or something. Like, like those are crazy. Maybe fights. you finally do the Rockhold fight, too. Rockhold, yeah, that's another guy I was just looking at right here. Um, another blown up 185. That, that could make sense. And then looking at 185, you know, <sighs> Romero, I mean, I know that Yoel's going to probably destroy him, but they're kind of in the same age right now and two big names. You know, how about Uriah Hall, Cole? I mean, that, that'd be kind of interesting, right? Uriah Hall versus Anderson. So there's a few fights out there for him. Not a lot, but there's a few. I do think you'll probably see him fight at 205, though, I would I would think. Um, just because, I like, again, guy like Chris Weidman or Rockhold, these guys. Uh, get some comments here. Pavlo, so he's crying about money. He's talking about Maslow. Then they give him money that he wanted, not accepting what he wanted now, $20 million in the UFC's no gate. I, that's the problem right now. Obviously, that's the UFC's... Uh, you know, basically, responses. You know, we don't have fans coming in, so the revenues are down. So we can't give you guys more money. Point of your career, never won a title. Best thing is to be fight. Oh, you clearly don't like Maz at all. <laughs> There's some choice words there, my friend. Adrian Anderson Rockhold the move could be Marcus. What would you guess the opening betting lines for Cater versus Gator? Prices ran dropping money. Cater. I think Cater would be favored. I would say like probably minus like two hundred at most. Maybe minus one hundred and fifty to two hundred. Yeah, room. I was going to say minus 175, minus 180. I think he's going to be a pretty sizable favorite, and I wouldn't even be surprised if he's bad up to over minus 200 by the time it closes. I think so, too, because I think, honestly, I, I like Ige a lot. I picked him against Barbosa. I didn't think he won the fight. It was close, though. The thing is, I don't think he gets a lot of respect from betters in general because he's not a flashy guy. Like, there's nothing flashy with his game, whereas Cater with that win over Stevens. By the way, I mean, Steve, I think he was only minus 250 against Stevens. That was a bet you had to make. He should have been minus 500 against Jeremy Stevens, who, by the way, I think he's ranked number nine, Cole, right now or something, number eight. Like, how? Because he beat Emmett a couple years ago? Come on. He got, like, four straight losses or five straight losses. All right, uh, next up, Gosper didn't talk about the heavyweight move. He said he's going to weigh between 231 and 233 pounds. I like the move for him, man. Um, I think he could beat Verdum, too. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, especially if it's the Verdum that fought a winner. He looked. Didn't look good at all. I think Gustafson can win that fight. I think we have odds. Yeah, we do. Do you want to guess what the odds are? I haven't even seen them. Just say I yeah. think Gustafson should be favored. Probably minus... I don't know, because it's heavyweight. It's heavyweight debut, so maybe you won't get as much respect. I'd say my, probably minus 170, minus 160. It's more. It's minus 290 right now. 290? Holy, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was way off. Yeah, you're a little off. It's okay. It opened at minus 240. Again, it just opened. There's still tons of time for that fight. The line will move. There will be respect shown towards uh, Verdum because right now he's plus 245. Verdum's pulled off quite a few upsets himself, man. Who can forget what, what he His ground, like he can – we saw Anthony Smith submit Goss. Like would you be surprised if Verdum could submit him? Can you believe it's been – you were a little kid at this point, Cole, but 10 years in like two weeks from when Verdum submitted a failure. 10 years. Unreal, man. The years go by really fast. Jeez. All right, Kapoor, Gus versus JDS and Yard. Oh, yeah, that's another fight. JDS and Yair got announced. That's a great fight. I think it's a headliner quote, or is it co-main events? I can't no, remember. No, it's on that DC Stipe card. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, great, great fight. And it, I guess insurance in case there's an injury, but, yeah. you know, Hopefully they get uh, Nagano on the card, too. 
or I guess he won't fight again, but uh, at least as a backup, Cole, they should pay Francis to be a backup because there could be, you know, something that happens. Pavel Verdun didn't even Chambers last night. No one was He looked terrible in that fight with Olenek. All he did was some boxing brother light stuff. He looked bad. He looked out of shape. Just didn't look good. But, uh, you know, this fight with Gus is interesting. Man, Nunez Cole, she's talking about retirement now. She says she has nothing else to accomplish. I mean, I don't agree with it. You know, she's won 11 straight fights at the primers. She's in the prime of the career. She's at the top earning potential of her career. If she retires, she's not going to make money. So why would she retire? She should keep fighting. She should fight someone like Aspen Ladd and make, you know, half a million dollars to beat her up. Why would I, I? I personally don't think she should retire. I think she's got way too much time left in the game. But, you know, we have seen fighters like GSP retire at the peak of their career. So what do you think, Cole? Yes, I mean, she is right. She has nothing else to prove. Like, she's beat all the big names. Yeah. She's, if she retires, she goes down as a women's coat. She's yeah. need an answer. I was having a kid, so she's going to be a mom for a while. Maybe once baby's born, maybe she just focuses on being a mom and retires from fighting, maybe comes back down the road. But she is right. She has nothing else to prove. Like, anyone she beats, anyone she fights now, she's going to be expected to be. She's going to be a massive favorite. Yeah. All those kind of big legacy fights are gone. Like, she beat them all. So, really, it's just, does she... Is she motivated enough to fight those up and comers like an Aspen Lad, like an Irene Aldana? Man, if she retires, that division looks so much worse, and, and 145 would be dead too. Like, if she retires, you're going to have someone like Holly Holm and Aldana fighting for the belt. Like, to me, those aren't even like compelling, you know, champions at this point. So, I hope she doesn't retire, man. I'd like to see her keep fighting, but like you said, Cole, she's got other stuff going on outside the octagon. Uh, Rafael Desanos, he called out Conor McGregor. Don't think he's getting that fight, although, you know, Couple years ago, four years ago, it would have been a really interesting fight, I think, when Artie was at his prime. I don't think it's going to happen, Cole. And uh, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I can't see that fight happening. I don't, even for McGregor, I don't really see it happening. Artie has lost a bunch of fights in a row. It doesn't, it would be a fight where McGregor is supposed to win if he loses. It looks bad on his record. Yep. I, I don't just don't think there's enough stake for McGregor to take it because it's kind of a uh, lose lose for McGregor if he beats RDA. Sure, you're supposed to. If he loses, it's a really bad loss at that point. Yeah. So let's get to a few other things here, Cole, and we'll get out of here really quick. I'm just looking at Glover called out Jan Blachowicz. I'm, I watched the fight. You know, he. I think he wants Moretta and uh, Reyes to fight for the vacant belt of, or uh, interim title or whatever. I don't. I mean, I watched the fight. I think Glover should be in that mix right now with those four guys. Those. It's basically like a mini tournament between those four guys. If Jones gives them the belt, if not. Then it's either Yon or Reyes gets the, the uh, rematch. Kapoor says Nunez versus Aldana Lad or Valentina three. Dana White doesn't want to do the Valentina fight. You could do Aldana or, or Lad if they have an impressive performance. We'll see. But again, uh, you know, are those really compelling fights? Some people were saying Holly Holm could get the title shot if she wins against Aldana. I don't want to see that rematch. Pavel, man needs to pay Jug online better herself when she fights. She should bet everything because someone bet uh, was it fifty grand? I think. And and they won or something. I can't remember what it was, but what on Nunes or was it more than it was a million? It was a million. Yeah. Or it was thinking, a million. Sorry, I was thinking about Julia Villa. Someone bet fifty k oh. Villa, uh, and she and they won eight k. But it was an easy eight k call. Same with yeah. uh, with Nunes. The thing is, if you're rich, you can make these bets on like locks. You can do it and just you know get some extra money. Like, but I I I mean I'm not rich, so I wouldn't make those bets. But Andre, what do you think? About, what's going on, man? What do you think about Cater? We kind of talked about it a little bit uh, just briefly. I do favor Cater in the fight. I just think the striking difference. And it's five rounds, though, so that makes it interesting. Connor versus Cowboy, same as Connor RDA. Kind of, yeah. Pavlo, it's funny how RDA was mad at Connor when they were supposed to fight. Now he talks crap and he's begging to fight him. Uh, I don't know about that. They, they, uh, 
they were. I don't know. I think they were in a good fight four years ago. I don't. I don't want to see what's going to happen here. Although you can't blame Artie for calling a shot. All right, that's all I have, Cole. Um, I just see this Gray Maynard story now. I didn't read it yet, but apparently, say it's Gray Maynard says Joe Silva asked him to break Roger Wilder's arm. Did you write that story? No. Okay, so I guess that's probably from the Shirog interview. Maybe I didn't read the story, but that's funny. Uh, let's see here. Marcus, you know what the ESPN TV ratings have been for Ivers Cup in recent UFC events? I haven't seen them. Uh, yeah, I just saw them on Twitter. I mean, oh, you Jedi, saw Jedi Goodwin put them on. I'm okay, sure. Jedi Goodwin's a good follow, actually. Like on um, 908K. Okay, so a little bender million. Um, it's pretty good. Pavlo, Anthony Rocco Martin bet on himself and lost. He lost a lot of money in the show. It's tough, man. You know, fighters can bet on I remember asking a white this at UFC 165, I think it was. Uh, in the scrum, and I asked Dan, like, can fighters, you know, bet on fights? What do you guys think? He's basically, yeah, you can bet on yourself, or you can bet on other fights. You can't bet against yourself. You do that, and it's like the Black Sox scandal from 1919 or whatever. So, yeah, you can't bet on yourself. And I know Anthony's a you know, guy who likes betting on fights, so bet on himself and lost. Close fight. I thought he won the fight, but, you know, that's the judging the sport. All right. I think that's it, Cole. I, I, I think we're good. I can't even talk anymore. Plug your stuff, Cole. Let's get out of here. Twitter, Echo Show that you want. This week I have interviews with Josh Emmett, Roxy Montferry, and Jim Miller, fighter picks for the main event. Everything else is always on my Twitter, whatever I do. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMMatterMartin. I'm available at MMMatterMartin.com, BJPen.com, MMMatterMartin.net. Got a bunch of articles. So definitely follow me on Twitter and check out my articles. Podcast is Tuesday and Friday. So I'll be back Friday. Actually, got a special podcast here, 12 p.m. noon. And I got my good friend James Lynch joining me on the podcast Friday. So it should be a good one because James and me, you know, we go way back. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, fights, but also like uh, I know a lot of people want to know like about the media and stuff. We'll talk about that and uh, it should be good. Andre, peace out, fellas. You too, buddy. Um, Mark is good show. I'm going to start a petition for two-hour shows. Oh, man, you got to pay me more if you want to do two-hour shows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a great day. and I'll be back Friday. Bye.